You're listening to the Fayetteville 411 Podcast, produced by the City of Fayetteville, where you get information about city government and the programs and services they provide. You also get topics of interest and an inside look into the various departments and issues that help keep our city moving. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Fayetteville 411. I'm Gab McRoberts. And I'm Nicarla Webb. We're your hosts for the podcast. I'm filling in for Sherry. Today, we have some exciting guests on the show, David Lane, General Manager of the Fayetteville Woodpeckers, and Pete Subsera, their marketing director. And for this episode, we want to touch a little bit about COVID-19's impact on your season and find out what's next in store for the Woodpeckers. COVID-19 had a big impact on your summer. What did the organization do during the summer season? Yeah, it was it was very slow and not the pace that we were ready for. Um, as you know, we had a great first year last year and we were ready to, to roll that into to 2020. Um, until we got the word March 17th that we had to shut things down. So um, not the pace that we were looking for, but um, we we slowed down. We we went to a 50% fa- you know staff in the in the facility, um, and then we started working on our COVID readiness plan to get to get the ballpark ready for when we did have a season. Because even though ba- baseball was postponed, we weren't ever told you know that the season was canceled until late in the summer. So we were always ready to open the facility back up as soon as we could. So we were working on that those plans. Yeah, and from a, a marketing standpoint, obviously not having baseball games to um, baseball games to, to play, we we really had to uh, come up with some creative uh, creative ideas on the social media side. And um, you know, luckily the Houston Astros started up their season, so. Uh, we kind of jumped on on their bandwagon a little bit and pushed out a lot of content um, and, and gained a lot of traction from our, our Houston fan base. So um, that was certainly certainly helpful from our end. But uh, it was a very unique uh, and interesting couple months yeah. uh, up until about a month, a month and a half ago. Right, yeah. We actually created our own podcast. Matt Dean, our broadcaster, came up with his own podcast. So did a great job with that. I, and I've been following you guys uh, all summer long, and I, I thought it was really cool to see some of um, uh, some of the faces that I saw here at Sager Stadium yeah. playing in the majors. Uh, I think even had uh, one of the pitchers pitching for him. All right. Oh. Yeah, we had uh, we had nine woodpeckers, uh, not all with Houston. There was a couple with other major league teams make their debut in the majors this year, which in a normal year wouldn't have happened, <laughs> no. but. Uh, Obviously, a lot of bodies uh, switching teams um, in Major League Baseball and uh, expanded rosters. So we had nine former Woodpeckers uh, pitch in the majors this year, and a couple notable names. Anoli Paredes was with us last year. Um, he he was a uh, he had the Cannoli promotion. Anoli Cannoli. Um, we kind of jumped on that, and um, but they've actually Christian Javier uh, might win Rookie of the Year. Um, yeah. They've been very very good up in Houston, which is kind of cool for us. So how do these players train when they have so many restrictions they have to follow? So, so normally, um, I, I think our, our organization kept all of our players through on payroll through the end of the season, which is very wonderful owner that we have in Houston. Um, great job by them. Um, and so they were held accountable to, to work out at home you know, and make sure they were checking in with their coaches daily and, and their strength and conditioning coaches. They were staying on a program. Um, half of, 
half of our players were on a taxi squad. I don't know the the official number of how many players they had, but a taxi squad in Corpus Christi, and those were the players that were going back and forth to Houston to fill in slots and things like that. So I don't know how many players they had there, but they had a handful in Corpus as on a taxi squad. So they were all staying in shape wherever they were. And uh, so now that uh, North Carolina is uh, moving along and starting to reopen up some uh, venues such as Sager Stadium, you know, what do you have in, in store for the fall and, and, and for the winter to, uh, to bring some entertainment into the stadium? You know, as I mentioned, we worked on our COVID readiness guide, so we got the stadium ready. Um, we we opened up a couple weeks ago with our 9-11 stair climb, great success there, um, and we're going to build off of that. So the next thing we have coming up is our, our golf event. It's a three-day par three, not 27-hole or 27-shot nine-hole experience. Um, so – People can register now and, and get an hour time slot and come out and hit hit around the, the baseball stadium, which has never happened before. So hitting a golf ball into a, you know onto a field is pretty cool. I think it'll be a great experience. We we have Pectoberfest coming up October 24th. Pete, you want to talk about that? Yeah, we have um, over 15 breweries around the state. Um, we have a couple coming from Asheville uh, and Charlotte. So. Um, we 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 think we'll have excellent traction on that. Uh, we'll have some other um, other than uh, drinking some cold beverages. We'll have axe throwing and a live band. So there will be some entertainment there, some food trucks. Um, but uh, we we've had great traction from from not only breweries wanting to participate, but uh, you know some interest from people in Fayetteville and up in Raleigh and um, Southern Pines. So we've had we've had quite a attraction on um, on the Pectoberfest. We're also going to have the Halloween trick or treat um, Friday, Friday the thirtieth, the thirtieth, and then we, um, and then we have a blood drive scheduled in November. So it, I guess it's kind of challenging when you're trying to look at the season, trying to come up with different um, concepts where you can kind of, uh, for one thing, you plan for the future, but then you also have to be flexible because the direction coming down from the CDC in order to help keep right. everybody safe, kind of. Uh, makes it a moving target. So tell me a little bit, do you have anything else you're looking at or can, in, in consideration? Yeah, and, and going off of that, we work closely with the, the city of Fayetteville and our, our local health department to to be able to open up. So um, we got approval from you know city our city manager and then um, Dr. Green from the health department. Um, they looked over all of our plans for each of these events. We threw out as, as many events as we could for them to look at. And then our COVID readiness guide, which is also on our website. So if fans want to check that out um, to, to see how prepared we are at the, at the ballpark, um, they signed off on all that. And that's when we started getting rolling, um, you know, still looking at the state guidelines and making sure that we fall in between those. But um, you know, we feel very comfortable opening up for some of these events. Um, Looking ahead, we're we're looking at possibly a comedy show, um, smaller, you know, smaller capacity, not a concert capacity, but smaller capacity, having a comedian on home plate and filling the bowl, social distance around the bowl. Um, we're looking at maybe kickball, like a kickball tournament or something like that, um, charity softball tournament, um, and possibly a movie night. Pete, anything else you have? I think that covers most of it. Um but we're, we're excited. Um, I mean, the, the first event, uh, we, we had the stair climb already. Um, I know we haven't touched on that, but we, we have had one event in the ballpark, and I think we're excited to, uh, you know, give Fayetteville and the surrounding region some different events that they can attend safely. Um, it's 
we're, we're certainly looking forward to the next month, month and a half of events. So you mentioned the stair climb. Can you tell me why that was successful this year? So it's obviously 9-11 was an extremely tragic event in, in, in our history, our country's history. And um, we, we had it last year and we had a great turnout last year. This year we had more climbers um, come out to the ballpark. I think we finished right around 250, 240. Um, and uh, obviously we had to do it in a different way this year with, um, you know, safety and, and health procedures and, and spacing climbers out. But um, we still had a lot of people interested in coming out and remembering uh, the 343 uh, police officers, EMS, fire, uh, fire um, that passed away in, in the 9-11 attacks. So um, it was a somber event. It was also a cool event to see everybody coming together and um, went off without a hitch. And it was it was just a neat, unique event to be a part of again this year. Um, and, and we certainly look forward to doing it for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. I, I can definitely see uh, how uh, it can be an event like this that le- kind of lets you understand what the, file f- the firefighters are going through, carrying all that equipment up those stairs, uh, all those flights of 9-11. So that's a very uh, moving event. Um, and I know a lot of people who participated definitely appreciated being able to have that opportunity to do something like that. And and I think you kind of touched on a little bit here, but, you know, um, you, when you come into Sagra Stadium, what, what safety measures do you have in place and what can people expect when they come to, to an event? So can, is there anything they can do to be prepared? So, yeah, as, as soon as, you know, March 17th, we took a week or so to, to wrap our minds around what was going on. But then we our stadium ops guy, um, our stop, sorry, director of stadium ops and I got together and we created a COVID readiness plan. Um, what can we do, you know, using the state guidelines to, to get Sager Stadium ready for the fans? And that includes you taking out seats. Um, you know, it, it looks like genius that we picked the seats that we picked because our seats um, are individual seats and we can actually pull those out individually. They're not secured to the to the concrete and so we can space out the, the seats if we need to um you know social distance the, throughout the the bowl um but we put together this this guide yeah we, we put together a COVID 19 <laughs> guide um it's on the way, website way back when in may and it's six pages i mean thousands of words long of all the all the different tasks were we're taking the procedures we're taking from you know food and bev to restrooms to where you sit um i mean you name it retail uh yeah. there's there's gonna be changes everywhere um and, and uh if people want to see it it's online um it's right on the front page but uh and we'll have was, we'll have uh, signage leading into the ballpark we we have that over there already but it lists some of our new policies like the clear bag policy um if you're bringing in a bag it needs to be clear um and then we're, we're also going cashless to limit the exposure. Um, and then the entry will stay the same. You know, we'll social distance with stickers, but you'll still go through the magnetometers and, and bag checks, even though there are clear bags. Um, and then we'll ask everyone to wear masks as long as that's a mandate um, in our state, even probably further than that, but just to keep everybody safe. But we'll have more more cleaning going on. We have uh, static sprayers. We have QT3, which is the solution that you use to to wipe out it's um, just as effective or more than Lysol. So um, we have everything we need to, to open it up the ballpark safely. And I'm, I'm guessing you're looking at a lot of the best practice that a lot of other 
places that are going through this just the same as you guys are as well. Yes, and and luckily we're owned and operated by the Houston Astros, so they have the ultimate guide, and so we've scanned through that. It's a lot larger than our guide. They have a larger facility. But then West Palm Beach has, has a guide um, that we've kind of piggybacked off of. Um, and, and so we, we've been able to partner with, with many different people. Um, our stadium operations director is, he's on a weekly call with stadium operations directors across the country. So they're all comparing notes and how to do this. And the, what's the website uh, for the Woodpeckers? So if they want to learn more? Uh, it's just favorwoodpeckers.com. That's an easy one to yep, remember. That's very yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah. Interesting that you guys mentioned you're going cashless at the stadium. People are doing a lot of online shopping since the pandemic began. Tell us about the Woodpeckers gear they're buying, and are you guys still doing those drive through pickups? We are. We have curbside every Tuesday, um, and then our store is open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, 9 to 5 Thursday, Friday, and then 10 to 3 on Saturdays. I think as we get closer to the holidays, we're going to um, expand our hours uh, and and open up throughout the week. But um, you know, it the one you know a downfall, I guess a positive and a downfall from from COVID was you know obviously we don't have the amount of foot traffic in the ballpark that we'd have if we had games. But um, and we have we have a lot of product in, um, but. We've also had a great uh, a great turnout from other parts of the country online, uh, and that's one thing we kind of missed last year. Um, and we have, I mean, new stuff from Under Armour comes in. We have face masks um, that people are buying in droves. Um, one one initiative we didn't get off the ground this year because of uh, the virus was co- was Copa, our Copa program, and we were supposed to be the the Los Guerreros, the Warriors of Fayetteville, um, and we have. Uh, really cool blue looking jerseys and shirts and hats um, it's it's a neat color combination that pops in the store uh, in the other reds and blacks so um, people have been buying that but uh, you know we continue to push on social and um, hopefully uh, as we get closer to the holidays um, we get continual foot traffic well that wraps up this episode of Fayetteville 411 thanks David and Pete for previewing what's coming to Sagra this fall I'm really looking forward to a lot of these events. Uh, I, and I'm also really looking forward for next season uh, when we get baseball back, uh, bringing people downtown into the stadium and having a good time. Um, be sure to subscribe to Radio Fable, the City of Fable's podcast channels. We provide shows like this and other timely and informative updates every week. You can subscribe to Radio Fable on Apple iTunes, the iTunes podcast app, as well as the Google Play Music Podcast Portal. You can also listen to every podcast that Radio Fable has to offer by downloading the Faith TV streaming app, available now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Visit FayettevilleNC.gov to learn more about the city. And thank you for listening.